The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. podcast. My name is Jonathan Mitchell. Today we wrap up our five-week series of episodes from the messages from our recent Awakening Men's Conference. So far we have been encouraged to repent. We've taken a look at true biblical headship. We've been called to unwavering faithfulness. We've been challenged to be biblically bold in our roles as men. And now in this message you will hear Pastor Aaron Case from here at Eden Chapel call us to go and do what God has commanded. But this command for obedience comes with a great need for the authority to walk in it. So listen as Pastor Aaron encourages men to remember that Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, and this is the basis for our obedience to his call. Enjoy. Yes, we do have different differences. Different differences? Yeah, that's right. Uh, That's why they pay me the big bucks at Eden Chapel. It's because of those type of insights. Um, <laughs> that's enough from you, Claude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Don't be bringing up my baggage. No, but despite any differences we do have, what we have in common is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for far too long, Satan has had his way with the divisions in the church that it needs to be us for and no more. Well, we aim to do battle with that mentality. If we have the gospel in common, we can't stand with everyone, but if we have the gospel in common, we want to make it so that we stand together as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ moving forward. So if you like things like this, make sure that you stand with us. Um, I do want to say I kept waiting for someone throughout the day to fall on their face, but everyone killed it. So I guess it's up to me. But so far... Pastor Kirby opened up by telling us that as men, we're often tempted when things are good. And biblical repentance means owning our sin before God without excuse. Pastor Chris talked to us about biblical manhood and reclaiming biblical headship. And that submission is not about stroking egos, it's about worship. And headship is a statement for a godly order. Pastor Gabe talked to us about unwavering faithfulness, and he let us know that our problem's not the government, it's what's within the church. There is no excuse for us as men not to lead. And then Brother Claude just talked to us about biblical boldness. The root of biblical boldness is Jesus Christ. The fruit of biblical boldness is humility. And as men, we must rise to the challenge. The theme of my talk tonight is therefore go. Now, if we're we're overwhelmed by the amount, and, and rightfully so, if we're overwhelmed by the amount of sound biblical advice 
and we leave this place and we never put in place what we've learned and we take the wisdom that we've learned and leverage it for the glory of Jesus Christ, then today will be in vain for you. Our prayer is not to simply make you feel bad for where you failed. Our prayer is by God's grace to lead you forward to a place where you lead faithfully for the glory of Jesus Christ in every area of your life. I love this quote from Dr. Vody Balcom. He says this, It has been said that as goes the family, so goes the world. It can also be said that as goes the father, so goes the family. Now the greatest famine in our lives, the most pressing pandemic that we're dealing with today, is there are far too many boys in our homes that have more in common with eunuchs than they do with men of God. Guys that look forward to their time of their hobbies more so than shepherding in their home. Guys that check out when they walk in the door because they've done all that they need to do. Guys that are so beta that their wives have to be the man. My friends, this is not the design of the Word of God. Despite what the spirit of our age has spoken to us and what culture preaches to us and what we will be claimed to be, we must stand as bold proclaimers of the gospel, and it must begin in our homes. I'm convinced this is why our homes and our churches and the world are in the condition they are in. Because I, for one, do not believe that we are simply placed here, as Luke was just talking about. We're not placed for this time simply to watch the world burn and go to hell. I don't believe it. Our God is gracious and good. And He is able to take the darkest situations and redeem them for His own glory. If you don't believe that, what do we always do? We look to the cross. There was never a darker day than there was at the day when Jesus gave His life to save His children from their sin. And the greatest salvation ever known and will ever be known to man happened on the darkest day we've ever known. This is why, my friends, if judgment begins in the house of the Lord, reformation must be happening in our homes. May it be said of us that our repentance is louder and more passionate than our sin has ever been. May we all be those who God has called us to be. Young men, it is not too early for you to learn. I pray that you've not checked out one minute of this time together. But even if you're not good, even if you've not had a good example in your life, my friends, you have the book to go by. Yield to it. Feast upon it. Learn from it. And obey it. Those of you who are in the middle of it right now, as husbands and parents, you have not failed to the point where there is no redemption left for you. Every one of us is a hot mess. But it is not too late. As long as you have breath, my friends, God can redeem. And for those of you who are in the later stages of your life, we need you. Don't check out on us. Don't coast home. 
You've been where we've not been. Pour your wisdom out upon us as a gift that we need because we're walking where we've never been. I pray that because of God's work in us, that no matter what circumstance we face, we will all be ready to lead. Then I believe we will begin to see cultures around us change. The climates in our homes, the potency of our churches and in our towns, there will be awakening that we've never seen before. But, if it's God's will that it all burns, then may we be faithful through the flames that lead us to our reward. So let's take our time tonight and let's get to the text. We're going to look at Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20. What's known and has been referenced tonight many times, this is the Great Commission. I chose this text only because I think Claude took the rest of the Bible. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority, now hold on, is that what it says? All authority? Okay, all right, I'm just being sure because I don't see that often and I don't understand that if we really, we really leverage this point, right? All authority. This is, this is Jesus talking to his disciples as he's ready to ascend into heaven, right? This is towards the end. He's leaving. This is what he's telling them. And this matters, okay? We read this and we get to the baptizing and we get to all that, but I feel like we run past this part. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Man, I, I enjoy this passage for more reasons than we even have time to list tonight. And I don't want to step on too many toes. We've done so good at being united, okay? I don't want to mess us up at the end here. And I don't want to step on anyone's eschatology, okay? Because I know how fun that can be. But what Jesus said here is what we just pointed out. He says, all authority has been given to me. All authority where? On heaven and in earth. And I'm not brilliant, but I think that's everywhere. That's everywhere. Okay, thank you. It's everywhere. That's everywhere. All authority. Jesus is not wringing his hands, waiting his turn. No, he is ruling and reigning now. He's at the right hand of the Father, seated. Why? Because His work is done, and He's doing it now. All authority is His. The King of kings has came, and He dominated the prince of this world. Jesus Christ is ruling and reigning now, and all of His enemies will be placed under His feet. We know that the last enemy is death, and guess what? His time is limited. All authority is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He owns it all. And as the world, the flesh, and the devil rage 
in their death throes, we serve the Lamb of God who has overcome them all. We fight as, and faithfully live out and proclaim the gospel in every area of our lives from victory. This is how we make disciples of all nations. We bring them the hope that only comes through faithful gospel proclamation. Man, it is so sad to me today that we have relegated gospel proclamation to just simple methodologies. Trying to talk people into something. But there's no gospel at the center. What is the power of God unto salvation, church? Not your good arguments. Not your science facts. If we don't trust that the gospel is strong enough to save, then how can we say the gospel has changed us? I know God draws straight lines with crooked sticks. If He didn't, none of us could be used. Amen? But so what if you win an argument but you never share the gospel? So what if you get that jerk atheist to doubt, but you never lead him into any, to any place of truth? So what if they are wicked and unworthy? So are you. But yet someone faithfully proclaimed the gospel to you, and today you're alive because of the gospel and the grace of God. We can make this conference week long, weeks long. But if we don't get the gospel right, if we don't saturate all we do in the gospel, my friends, then you and I will be a lot like young me. Rededicating my life about once every quarter, really, really meaning at this time, and never changing a stinking thing in my life. <laughs> you ever been there? I meant it. But I always fell back. Why? Why? Because I wasn't resting in the finished work of Jesus Christ. I was gauging how I was loved and accepted and the power that I could walk with by the level of my own obedience. And my friends, you cannot walk by what you couldn't gain on your own power in the first place. It's all by grace, as Pastor Chris said earlier. And if the gospel has not brought you to life to this point, my friend, if you've been a religious posturer, then repent and believe. Turn to Jesus Christ today. Understand what it means and what you've heard today in the glorious Christ that we've sung about. But if you have believed, then let's walk like dead men who have been given grace and brought to life owing everything to the life giver, the one who has brought and secured our redemption. So with all that said, the, the great commission that we read about begins in our homes. I know we're, I know we're all at different places, but this is an application for all of us. It must begin with loving our wives. Men, Ephesians 5.2, husbands, love your wives. See, told you, right there it is. Husband, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. 
Man, there's, there's no excuse that isn't buried in as Christ loved the church right here. Put them all to the test. Lean them in forward. Put all your chips in and weigh them against as Christ loved the church and see if they stand. We all know how twisted and absolutely demonic the attack on biblical submission has been. Regardless, our calling as men is not based upon the perfect submission of our wives. Our standard is Christ's love for His church. And brother, if Christ can love you, you have the basis to love the most unlovable people you'll ever come around. Giving without demanding in return is the evidence of someone who is secure in Christ, who needs no more but Christ. I know the difference it makes when my wife has my back. I think Alex and I have talked about this a hundred times. When my wife has my back, when I know I have her support, I will walk through whatever. It feels so good to know she's with me, that we're on the same team, that she has me, that she has confidence in me. But many of us, my friends, have put far too much upon our wives. We've asked for them to give us what they were never designed to give, and we place heavy burdens upon their backs. When you and I love each other, love our wives as Christ loved the church, and our wives follow the biblical commands given by Scripture, then we don't seek our ultimate value in one another we're actually freed to love each other like never before. So let's get into our points tonight. I keep saying tonight, it's afternoon, but you get the point. The first point is this. All authority is Christ's, therefore go and faithfully love your wife. All authority is Christ's, therefore go and faithfully love your wife. I can't say that I understand every situation and circumstance and home that you come from. I don't know what everyone is dealing with in their relationships and all the layers that has to go with that. But can we say that a great deal of our struggles in life are from our absolute undervaluing of what Christ has done for us? Because so many times it's become white noise. Jesus died on the cross for you. How many times have you heard that? And if it simply becomes background noise for us, we must repent, my friends. Because that is literally, that's the gospel. That is what leads us. That's what pushes us forward. That's our strength. And that's how we move forward for the glory of Jesus Christ. This is how we love those that aren't lovely those who aren't perfectly loving back towards us, when all the acceptance we ever need is found in Jesus Christ. Eden Chapel folks will know this example because I love to give it, and so I apologize to you who hear me often. Um, but you know, have, have any of you, don't raise your hand, all right? I don't think we're on video, but just to be safe. Um, have any of you ever gotten in a fight with your wife or a passionate disagreement? as some of us call it. You know, there, there are times 
Some of you, <laughs> anyway, uh, some of, sometimes, believe it or not, that happens in my house. You know, my wife is wrong. We have a disagreement. Um, <laughs> but, but you notice, and you can always tell the depth of disagreement, especially if it's time to do dishes. Dishes don't lie, right? The louder the dishes are, the more trouble I'm likely in. And so, when them dishes be clanging, as we say in the hood, I'm the whitest guy in the world. I mean, Boyd's Creek. Um, I'm from the creek. But anyway, why is it that I go to my wife in that moment? Why is it that I don't just leave her there and go buy new dishes? Why is it that I go to her? Some of you may have guessed right. I go to her because I need a sandwich. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. I'm just being sure you're with me. Uh, if, yeah, if, you can, uh, if you can cut that part out, Sam, I'd appreciate it. No, no, but why do I? I go because our fellowship is broken. And I don't want to live that way with her. Like, we've been made one flesh. Like, biblically, by, by God, we've been made one flesh. And if we're divided, how can we stand? I cannot live. I don't want to live another moment. No matter who's wrong, no matter what happened, I want reconciliation. Why? Because I love her. Because we're one. But how am I free to do that? Because this is my relationship with Jesus. This is why we immediately confess our sin like David when he was told he was the man. Because we value over all things our relationship with our God. Men, we struggle with a lot. But the presence of struggle should never be something that leads us to relegate our God-given duties and responsibilities. Be there for your wife. Listen to her. Think about her and what you do. And remember the fact that she's a daughter of God, so you better treat her well. Start pouring into her rather than thinking of yourself first. You aren't there to dominate, you're there to lead. By marriage, again, you have become one flesh. It's not about you anymore. It's about the ministry that God has begun in your home. I know we've been so bad in this area, and it won't be easy. But my friends, a godly woman longs for a man who will lead biblically in her home. She longs for that because she submits to the Scriptures. If all of our acceptance and reward is found in Christ, then we're free to love our wives no matter how difficult times may be. Young men, your greatest good in life is not getting all you can while you're free. It's preparing to be this kind of man when your wife comes around and not a boy. 
who she has to raise. She's not your mama. Dig into the Word and learn what it means to be a man so you're ready when the day comes and she comes into your life. All authority is Christ. Number one, therefore, go and love your wife. Number two, all authority is Christ. Therefore, go and love your children. Man, so many men treat their kids as if they're a drain or a cramp to their lifestyle. Biblical truth doesn't care about your feelings. Children are an inheritance of the Lord, and they're a blessing from God, and there is no ways around that. This is not something said by accident. That's something that's a truth that in the words of the great theologian, Warren G. once said, you better recognize. Thank you for all my homies out there. First off, okay, first off, it's not the church's responsibility to raise your kids. Stop blaming the church for your own failures. We will do all we can to equip your kids. We're going to give them Jesus. We're going to do all that we can to point them to Christ and not just give them empty busy time until it's pickup time after big church. But what is found mostly in Sunday school and in these times when our kids separate from us, bad theology and picture coloring. None of those things will prepare the next generation coming up behind us to fight. But if they must color, be sure when it's time for Noah that they color all the pagans floating in the water beneath the boat just to make it real. Phones, iPads, gaming systems, public school, and our unfaithfulness as, as men have disciplined our children the wrong way for far too long, just like the promo video said. Although it's critical for them to be in church, they need more than an hour of Jesus. They need you being faithful in the home. We need men who are leading worship, family time worship, at the table each night. Man, it's tough. I understand. I'm not as faithful as I should be. I'm the pastor. It can be awkward. It's not easy. But my friends... How are you coming up against all that the world is throwing at your kids, at your babies, at your young adults? It's so important that we have family worship time each and every day. And you know what? Even though I'm not as faithful as I long to be, when I am faithful, the entire environment and my home changes. When it's not, that's a direct picture of the failure of me and me alone. Our kids need to see us loving their mom. So not only will they be confident that dad isn't going anywhere, 
But also, when the first person who comes around and shows them attention, they won't be longing for that because you've modeled for them what it means to be loved in Jesus. And they won't lower their standards for someone who just comes with one thing in mind. All we do, men, points to a higher standard. All we do should point to Christ. We aren't pointing them to our perfection. Chill out on the God complex. You can't handle that. None of us can. We're not pointing them to our perfection and our authority. We're pointing them to the King of Kings and what He has done perfectly. In a day of confusion, oh, here we go. In a day of confusion... We need to be teaching our boys what it means to be man. They need to know what it means to work hard, to be sacrificial, and to pour pour out our life for something beyond ourselves. Teach them to be strong and respectful and not to run from adversity, but to seek God's glory through whatever they face. I'm so sick of the picture that men are painted in on every show that the pagans produce as the dumb idiot who knows nothing, who is incapable and must look everywhere else but besides him. He's the goofball. He's the joke. It's time we reclaim that back. It's time that we lead like godly men as God has charged us to. Because effeminate men are making far too many disciples. We need to celebrate without apology what God says about being a man. We also need to teach our girls what it means to be a woman. Man, I could say this as a pastor. I, I understand why God never, never gave me a daughter. Because I've got like 30 that break my heart every week. It's so heartbreaking and I get so sick and enraged when I watch these little girls walk from out of their home into the first place of freedom and they give themselves away to everyone they come in contact with. And what really enrages me is not their choice of sin, believe it or not. It's the father who never loved them as he should when he had them in their home. That's the guy I can't handle. What needs to be revived, men, is for our girls to know what being a woman is and how beautifully designed that is by God. They will not find find their fulfillment in trying to be a man. What they will find only is the result of the curse in Genesis 3, which is what we're living right now. Let's bring back biblical womanhood. Let's tell them what it means to honor Christ through obedience. And then let's watch them serve meekly and but be ready with the tent peg when the right sucker comes around. If you don't understand, read jail, okay? Beast. And grandparents, you may have tons of regrets. Your kids may have moved on. Or maybe you're into the point where your kids are older and you feel like you failed and you can't go back. My friends, pour into others. My goodness, 
none of us will get anywhere if we just move forward and hurt. God knows you. God sees what you've done. Repent of where you've failed and begin to pour into others. If you have grandchildren in your life, don't give them up. Fight for them. I know a friend just the other day was talking about one of her grandchildren was at this house and they were doing these Buddhist chants and she's like, no. And now they're in church. The parents aren't in church, but the kids are because grandma takes them each and every Sunday, right? Make sure your grandkids have Jesus. So all authority is given unto me, so therefore go and love your wife. All authority is Christ, therefore go and love your children. This is the real technical one. All authority is Christ's, therefore go. That's actually it. Just go. Don't stay and sit and sulk in the pains of regret or past or present failures. Don't be paralyzed by the weight of what holds you down any longer. Don't make excuses. Make disciples. Go and be what you've called to be as a son of the Most High God. Man, we, we must not be offensive for offensive sake. We need to be loving. But for goodness sake, guys, we, we are so weak in our proclamation of the truth that we apologize so much that the truth never gets out. People are going to be offended no matter what you do. God is offended when you don't speak the truth. Make your choice. Who do you aim to please? Who do you fear most? Man, we've lost our fear of God. Victory has defeated us in America. Because we can walk five feet and get ten options for food. We go to the church that suits our needs and then believes exactly like we like because we got it all down. Maybe us and three of our friends are only ones saved. No, man. It's more, it's about more than that. It's about the standing of truth. It's about obedience to the gospel. And the question is, will you stand? In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus says that He's built His church. Isn't this good? He will build His church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Isn't that an interesting thing? That what won't prevail against the church is a gate? You ever thought of that? Some of you have. Gates don't attack. Gates protect. They protect not hell from being unleashed, but they hope to protect against the power of the gospel invading them. So by God's grace and the faithfulness of men leading their homes, my friends, we will bring hope to homes and to churches and to communities, and we will be, free, be bringing freedom to those who are in the bondage of the evil one, and not even the gates of hell will withstand this barrage. Not even the gates of hell can withstand what God can do with faithful men. And faithful men in God's hands are stronger than any gate.
Therefore, go. Would you bow with me? Perfect Heavenly Father, we come to you today thanking you that our only boast is in you. We boast that all we have is Christ. But in Christ alone, this is how we stand. This is the strength of our proclamation. The fact that you sent your Son, Father, to come and to purchase your children, to purchase their life, and to not just throw your... Oh, Lord, to just throw us to where we deserve to be. But Lord, you poured out grace upon us. You sent your Son who was receiving perfect worship in your kingdom, Lord, to come and bleed and die and be butchered for sinners like us. Father, may we walk in the power of what it means to be your child. May we understand that we are a bunch of dead men who have had, by your grace, breath blown into our lungs. You've given us life, Father. May we therefore go and take what you've proclaimed. Take the definitions that you've given us to be, not what culture or the world has given us, but Lord, what you have said. Give us the strength to walk in power. For the glory of your name we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you again for joining us today on the EC Podcast. We pray that this message, along with the previous four messages, have been a great blessing to you. As always, we don't want this to just be some things we talk about, but just as Pastor Aaron mentioned in his message, now by the power and authority of Jesus Christ, let's go and do what God has called us to do, both in our roles as men and as women. As always, we want to encourage you, if you do not have a church family, to come join us at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings and at midweek on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you're outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing, gospel-centered church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.